here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. or mountains marked on this map. According to this, the nearest sand dunes 20 clicks away. How's that possible? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Press X to Reload, where we strap on our quasi-futuristic and mostly fantasy armor and look for groups so we can go attack monsters together. In this case, the gigantic looming monsters that are video game film adaptations. I am Nick Moore. Joining with me today are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanis. Wayne. Good day, everyone. And Mark. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You will notice a, an absence of Chris Nijed like he was smart enough to know when to hold him and when to fold him. And he ducked out <laughs> on us this time. We're here for yeah. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter based off of the incredibly popular Capcom series where you do what the title suggests. You hunt monsters. And it has been adapted by Paul Anderson, the same director that adapted many of the Resident Evils, if not all of them, I think. And again, starring Mila Jovovich, his wife, because she's a good action heroine. Bring her in. Absolutely. This movie is something else. Wayne, let's start with your opinion. Uh, I got a few starting opinions. You know, these are the type of movies that give the bad name for video game movie adaptations. This is a perfect example of what gives them the bad name. Yep. We'll get into why. I never really played Monster Hunter games. I've tried three of them. I've tried um, Triforce, number four, and the new one, World. But I've only played, like, the opening tutorials. Um, okay. So I really don't know the world of Monster Hunter. I, I know of certain care, uh, creatures and stuff from what I've seen from trailers and things like that. What I do know is that this is not... <laughs> like Monster Hunter. <laughs> That's all maybe near the end, but uh, we'll get into that. It, it, is it a good film? It's kind of like the Mortal Kombat for me. There are a few good things in it, but overall, it's not a good film. Okay. Mark, how about yourself? I think you know Monster Hunter a little bit better than either of us, so I'm going to trust your opinion sure. here. You know what? Honestly, uh, yeah, I, I played uh, played a hell of a lot of Monster Hunter World. Uh, I hadn't really touched a lot of the other Monster Hunter franchises before it. Loved it. Thought it was phenomenal. This movie's strengths highlight this movie's weaknesses. Okay. Because when they when they get it right, um, it's fantastic, but they don't get it right enough. And I'm sitting there wondering, like, why weren't you doing more of the right things? You know how you're doing it here. <laughs> and then you spend so much time not doing it, which is why it ends up exactly as Wayne says. It's watchable, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> watchable might be the best way to describe this film. And I'm going to use that generously. 
I feel like I'm usually the person who's hard to disappoint with these films. I think out of all the ones we've watched, I've only truly hated like two. This one bordered on hate for me, which is infuriating because I love Mila Jovovich. She's great in almost everything I see her in. I really like the Resident Evil films, and it's the same director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Mark, you you kind of hit the nail on the head. It does the right thing enough times that you wonder what the hell is going on for 80% of this movie when they can get yeah. it right 20% of the time. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to pretend I'm a huge Monster Hunter fan. I've never really played the games, but I understand the concept. You have ridiculously gigantic, absurd, overly powerful weapons. You go out and you hunt monsters. The entire purpose is look at all of these fantastical monsters, dozens of fantastical monsters, huge exotic locations. This movie takes place in a goddamn sand pit for most of the film. On a rock. We all all harped on Mortal Kombat for sand pit. This is that sand pit. All the fucking time. So much sand pit. Yeah. And there's, I think I counted, you have four total monsters in the whole thing, and one of them is a herbivore. So, (laughs) sorry, five. Four if you take out the herbivore. Mm -hmm. Herbivores are still monsters. There is no variety to this. It's it's dreadfully dull at times, which is frustrating because when it clicks, it's cool, but like you can cut out two-thirds of this movie and make a fun short film. Oh my god. Yeah, and I think the unfortunate thing to to your point is that like when they move away from Sandpit, that was the first <laughs> moment. I was like, there we are, we are in the Monster Hunter world here. Like it, the the vibrant yeah. colors, the lushness, all late. the different yeah monsters, and it's like the movie it's is eighty percent done. Me care. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. So we'll start at the beginning and we'll run through some things because again, there's some good stuff here, and one of the things I really appreciated. At the beginning, and I have a biased reason for enjoying it, which I'm sure you'll you'll relate to and understand, the land boat. The boat yeah. that's sailing yeah. through the desert. Which is an actual yeah. thing in the games. I did not know it's that. It's an actual thing in the games. Yeah. yeah but it's a thing. As someone who's played a DT campaign with a land pirate dwarf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great that they actually no, had a working land boat. That's awesome. Yeah. I think of the two or three I've played, the game starts literally that way. You're on a boat that's on sand and you get attacked by a giant dragon kind of like this movie that lives under the sand. And the opening's pretty cool. Except you actually land in a Monster Hunter world. You don't stay in the sand on a rock. You don't stay in the desert, yes. (laughs) But you have the land boat and you have one of our two main characters, Tony J, who's on there. He's someone who belongs in the Monster Hunter world. And you had Ron Perlman Mm in just the most glorious wig. <laughs> yes. That wig that they put on him. It looks like Dolph Lundgren's hair in Masters of the Universe. It's Which so good. I have to, and again, oddly, nice nod to the game because, yes, there are characters that look that ridiculous in the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I really liked the aesthetic of some of the, the Monster Hunter fantasy world costume designs. They look absurd. Yeah. It's Those are really cool. It's dead on. Yeah. That's what makes the games fun. From is, what I've heard, is is the crafting yeah. to make your gear obscene. Yeah, it's all, it's all about the crafting, obscene. and it just and it looks exactly like that. It looks like you slapped pieces of monster all over your body. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It's got this Final Fantasy esque kind of quality to it, where everything is absurd. The swords are twelve feet long. I'm down for that. That's really cool, and that's the first five yeah. minutes. 
and then the monster yeah. attacks. And now we go to our world and the military driving across the desert. So this is my first big problem with the film. Yeah. Huge. This is where, and again, this is the beginning of where Hollywood, this cliche that video game adaptations to movies are wrong. And this is a perfect example why. We do not need our world in this movie. No. This movie should be set in a fantasy world of Monster Hunter we believe it in thousands of other books and movies, whether it be Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or whatever it is, we can accept that this is the fantasy world we're about to watch. They start the movie with a ship on sand. So they've told us, here's the rules of this world. Yeah. But Hollywood, for some reason, has to drag our reality into it, fearing that those that aren't that aren't familiar with Monster Hunter need that connection to bring over if we have a human from earth come over and see it for the first time it'll help transition the audience easier and it, it to me it doesn't work because no you've lost me from that fantasy world that you started to show me yeah it part of the reason it loses you is it it deliberately pulls you out of that world yeah. like you you start in that world and then it deliberately pulls you out of that world to yeah. introduce inconsequential characters it's stupid yeah. well and what's baffling is so the first Resident Evil has a story of a special ops team is sent in to recover a missing team and then they fight zombies. This goes to a special ops team is sent out to find the missing military team and they get pulled into a portal to fight monsters. It's like that's just Paul Anderson's Mad Libs version of how to start a story. (laughs) I don't understand why it has to be that. But you have your ragtag group of military people that Mila Jovovich is commanding. And I did enjoy most of the characters are pretty one note. They have like one trait that defines each of them, which, okay, fine. They're not going to last anyway. So who cares? But I like that. She says to them, all right, ladies, let's get ready. And one of the soldiers deliberately looks over to another one and goes, she's a woman, but she still makes that sound like an insult when she says it to us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought was kind of entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not right. And then they get teleported into the monster world after like, what, five minutes of building up that this is Earth. And I get you can have that so that later the threat of, oh, God, these monsters are going to come to Earth. But it, who cares? The don't monsters care. They existing. don't need them to come to Earth. They're a big enough threat in their own right. <laughs> fantasy world. We don't need them to come to Earth. Yeah. And to your point about how he starts it with, like, you know, your 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 crack team goes in. He could have done that in the Monster Hunter world. Yeah, yeah. literally speaking, the ship, that crashes, ship never crashes. made it. We got to send out. Hunters. never made it. We got to send someone to get the ship. Like it, it's the same thing. It's just so it just dumb. seems like added steps. That's all, which is frustrating. Yeah. And it seems like an excuse to. And again, maybe I'm being cynical about it, but having a team of special forces or military, or whatever, from our world, and having it take place in the desert. Both seem like cost-cutting measures. Now we don't have to have crazy mm. fantasy weaponry because we just have military gear. And now yeah. we don't have a, a, a fantastical world because we'll just shoot this in Arizona. Like, that's yeah. what it feels like. They're just trying to save a buck. Yeah. And it, it comes mm-hmm. across as cheap when you do that. Like Absolutely. I would rather have yeah. CG that looks a little wonky if you're going to go like full-on fantasy world. Like, you know, your Warcraft, your Avatar, where it doesn't necessarily look real, but screw it, I don't care. It's something new versus... The mm-hmm. desert again. Yeah. Just, yeah. And nothing against Arizona. I'm sure it's lovely. But I'm sure it's lovely, except for the sand monsters. I'm sure it's lovely. Mm-hmm. You know, but <laughs> you have uh, 
the the team comes up across their i guess the the people they're looking for and one cool effect which i was watching this with parker corinne was busy and i think she dodged a bullet she must have collaborated with chris they knew what this was but <laughs> mm-hmm. watching this with parker and when mila jovovich's army team come across the original like bravo team they're looking for all of the sand that's around like the overturned jeep that's been turned to glass yeah mm-hmm. when parker sees that and goes oh it must have been a dragon like what now he goes well it must have got it really hot and it turned to glass and there's no footprints around like you are clever yeah, yeah. he picked up on that pretty fast like good for That's you pretty good. it's better than the team they didn't figure the it out. Yeah. yeah 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 no one there figured it out but my my son so, had that so parker could yeah. have written the script that's that's good to know well he could have led the team that looked for him really. better sure sure yeah and then you have your first major monster show up and attack them. And Which looks if we're cool. going to talk about positives. The first monster Monsters. is intimidating. Holy yeah. crap. The sand as, as it is thing? in game. It's Correct a, me it's if I'm a wrong, monster in game. I was going to say, I think it's a monster actual design from the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's dead on from the game. What was his name? Uh, I'm trying to remember what he's called. Rathalos uh, or something? Uh, or? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Rathalos. It's... And everything you see about how, like how it moves, how it moves to the sand, how it attacks, like that's that's how it is in the game. Yeah. Um, like, how do you fight something like that? So that's a huge positive, right? Because that's awesomely. How, how do you so convert something like that so well, but you can't figure out how to convert everything else? Well, and I think that's my problem with it is that when you see the monsters, the way they move, the way they look, and then when they finally properly fight it, I'm like, yeah, that made it feel like the game it really did yeah. yeah so what the hell are you doing the rest of the time like i don't know well, that's because they made the earth weapons ineffective so she has to run and sit on a rock where we're going to spend the next hour and 25 minutes oh oh yeah God. well so yeah you have them fight the gigantic monster and they stand no chance all their military might means nothing bullets are bouncing off of this thing and they eventually after i think they lose at least one member to this thing. I think it overturns a Jeep and crushes somebody under it. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. Yeah, right up right off the bat. Right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. yeah. But they eventually run that guy to, for five minutes. Like a rocky <laughs> cave area off to the side. And I did enjoy they're all shaken up by this. Because realistically, if you're just normal military from Earth, a gigantic sand dragon is probably terrifying. So you've got one person mm-hmm. who's like legitimately like losing her. <laughs> And Mila Jovovich tries to give a speech to rally them. And there was a small part of me feeling like it sounded like the Samuel L. Jackson speech happening in Deep Blue Sea. And I was right. She's what? Two thirds of the way through that speech. And then a giant spider grabs her and lifts her ass right (laughs) up into the air. Yeah. Yep. It's a good moment, but it creates one of the, in my opinion, one of the biggest lulls in the film. The giant spider swarm section lasts too long in this film. They look cool. They yeah. look amazing. They take up 40 minutes of mm-hmm. this movie, yeah. which is insane. Yes, like, yeah. I, And if we're going to focus on positives, the way they start picking off some of the, the military personnel is mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Just yeah, the, great. The monsters, the monsters in this movie, I have no complaints about. Yeah, they, they do really good. A fantastic yeah. job. On the effects them. are good. They look good. They're they stay true to the game from what I've and seen. <laughs> the, the spider creatures look just alien enough. They look just removed enough from spiders that it doesn't feel like, okay, we just took a spider and made it big. 
Like Parker, for example, isn't really big on bugs, insects, especially spiders. He's not really big on them. A lot of people aren't. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until like she gets wrapped up by them and wakes up inside the lair that he didn't click in that they're basically giant spiders. Up until then, he thought they were closer to scorpions in their design because they do feel like a little mix of spider and scorpion, uh, which was aesthetically pretty terrifying. Let's take two things that nobody's really a fan of and just mash them together and make them like 15 feet tall. That's what makes it cool. And Well, that's what makes the design so fun. Hundreds of them underneath that cave like complex. I don't even know, based off of the architecture of the layer the spiders have underneath, I don't know how that entire structure on top of it is standing. It looks thoroughly hollow, nothing with spider webs everywhere. It should have collapsed, but it looks awesome. Especially with that big dragon burrowing around it the entire time, making it even worse. How is the entire desert not just collapsing as a structure all the time? And they could have, I'm not yeah. even trying to make fun. They could have had fun with that where if they're trying to drive away, sections are just dipping. Like think of like yeah. the original Contra mm-hmm. where as you're running, sections of the yeah. ground are dropping down. They could have done that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's making that little rock island smaller and smaller. So she knows yeah. you can only stay on here for so long. This is going to collapse. That could have added some urgency to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it actually could have got them off the island at 20 minutes instead of 45 well, because at this point, oh, you try Jesus. and connect the storylines and you have Tony Jay's Monster Hunter character trying to warn them about these monsters coming. And of course, they mistake him for an enemy and try to attack him. And after most of her team has been captured, she teams up with him. That entire sequence seems to take weeks. Like, yeah. there's no clear passage of time, but a lot of time passes. No. I don't even think, that, again, this is another point in the movie where it's completely wasted. Do you remember a movie called Enemy Mine? Yes. Dennis Quaid yeah. and Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah. Excellent movie. That is basically yeah. this where yes. you've purposely given them different languages and for some reason they're fighting at the beginning even though you, they clearly have a common enemy which doesn't make sense why they'd be fighting but it's them trying to communicate and work through it. It just reminded me of Enemy Mine a bit with that. Yeah. No, absolutely. But you didn't need that. Like just make them speak English or whatever. Like... You're wasting more time in this movie than you need to. You're making And the problem is it's padding runtime. And yeah. my problem with it, my big problem with it was he's going through as much out of his way as he can to try to warn them. And then the second he gets into a position to help her, he's aggressive and captures her. Like I just don't it's understand. Weird. Like yeah. I don't what was he trying that to that do? No sense. Are you trying to help or not? No, like, it doesn't make any sense. It's very weird. And there's some fun moments between them. But yeah, that entire relationship for how it starts, it felt like we're going to start with hostility because we need a conflict. Yeah. It would have made more sense if he was trying to be helpful and she was the one who's hostile because she's trapped in a strange land. All of her teammates have already died. She should have been the one to show hostility, not him. It was a really weird decision in the, the story. Yeah, agreed. But... Mm-hmm. Going back a brief moment, if we're going to focus on positives, and I'm just going to touch on the spiders for two more things. One, when she wakes up in the web and then sees one of her teammates and gets him out of it. And when he lifts up his shirt, because he's got some chest pains there, you can see that they've laid like spider babies in his chest yeah. and they're all popping mm-hmm. out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's some straight up body horror. And that yeah. was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And when she's trying yeah. to escape out of the lair, do on that scene, <laughs> uh, not so great. He looked it away, turned. which <laughs> I don't blame him. I was wincing yeah. at it, and I have no problems with them. But that's that's <laughs> severe body horror, and especially because yeah. they like overwhelm that guy and start eating him. It's crazy. 
And just yeah. the visual of her when she's got the flare turned on so she can see her way out of the spider den. And it's a far shot where you can see like the almost like the the tunnel of spider web that she's walking through from a far distance and just the lit up part of it that's red as she's going through. The cinematography there was really cool. It had a nice foreboding kind mm-hmm. of sense to it, mm-hmm. which I only thought stood out because the single weakest part of this film is the hand to hand action. It is, yeah. I I don't even have words for it. Yeah. Mila Jovovich can fight. Yeah. She's an accomplished and stunt Tony woman. Tony Jaa can fight. It seems so wasted. Tony Jaa, Tony Jaa is a legitimate fight. martial artist. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You've wasted this. We're going to sit here and knock any previous film for any shortcomings it has. I was getting motion sickness, like legitimate yeah. from oh, watching yeah. these fights because literally move by move, they were cutting the camera. It was worse than Taken. Like, yeah. I've never seen such a bad edit out of a film that involved either of them. Mm-hmm. It just, it screamed, we did not have time to rehearse this fight. Which makes me think all of the scenes involving the two of them trapped and the spiders are trying to get in was cobbled together at the last minute to pad out runtime. Because how could you not have that choreograph better with two people who know how to stunt fight? Mm-hmm. Unreal. It's it's wasted. A huge waste. <sighs> I have no idea. And Look I, my I go back to... Well, and again, you know, I have nothing against Tony Jaa, but if you're, not, you're, if you're not, if you're not going to use him towards his his strengths, why why cast him? Yeah, like what you know, like he he is a phenomenal martial artist, stunt stunt performer. You ever wonder if and that's one of those things where he's movie. a big fan of Monster right. Hunter? Maybe. Heard the movie was being made. Like, hey man, how do I get to be a part of this? Right, and his agent gets him in. Sure, but he, he could have been a bit. <laughs> He could have been a bit role, not a central role. And yeah. again, still would have been wasted. Still yep. would have been wasted. It's very weird. Because again, the way that they have his character played out, there's some physicality in terms of fighting the monsters, but you can train enough actors to yeah. fight a CG creature. Yeah. His strength would have been work. fights against people, and they underutilize him to an almost criminal degree. It is yeah. infuriating. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a bit of a disappointment. But you get fun character moments between the two of them, like when he is being hostile yeah. and drinking the water in front of her while she's tied up and mm, this water. <laughs> and then when she gets mm-hmm. it from him and she's going to take a drink, him out of pure spite, just kicking the whole thing of water over. <laughs> I love it. That was great. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I, I can't even again. This is one of those moments where I've got to tip a hat towards Mila Jovovich. I actually think she's good in this. She is like I. I enjoyed her in this. Her acting, her whatever her natural charisma is, it's absolutely in evidence here. Because she for just the most part, that world. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because she's dealing with a with a another actor who it's hard to play off because they're not speaking the same language. Yeah. Because he's speaking whatever made up language, and she's trying to speak English and trying to interpret. So she's got to carry all of the scenes because she's the only one the audience can understand. Yeah. So she's carrying the film narratively. She's carrying it. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like an interview between Han Solo and Chewbacca. The only (laughs) person you understand is Han Solo. (laughs) (laughs) And if that was a two hour movie, that's not going to be a good movie. I mean, props to her. She really does do her best to carry things, but you can only do so much. Yeah. When the conflict in the room doesn't even make sense. Right. It wasn't needed. Yeah, exactly. So it's a bit frustrating. Eventually they do realize that they have to work together. Thank God. Cause it can only go on for so long. Yeah. 
And then you have the montage sequence of him helping get her armor and get weapons built. And they go to the ship graveyard, which is an awesome visual. Yeah. All of these mm-hmm. different like pirate ships just half buried in the desert. Really cool. So I have to talk about that trading montage a little <laughs> bit because okay. it does highlight a few of the things where it's like, they're teasing me. They're going to do something awesome here. Okay. Because one of the big things about monster hunter is the weapons. And the fact that it's not, it's not just a sword. It's like a sword that turns into something else. Like it's like a, it's like a switchblade. So it's like a sword that turns into an axe, turns back into a sword or her double blades, how she like crosses her arms. Can you light them on fire? Like it's things like that, that like allow you to fight these ridiculous monsters. And I was like, oh, here we go. They're finally diving into it. And then they don't go all the way in. And it's just like, you know, you're almost there. Yeah. You should just jump jump in now. Just jump in with both feet now. It's been like yeah. 30 minutes. Just jump in. He's training yeah. her so she can fight these but they things. Were, it, the, the movie was still afraid to leave the audience's hand exactly. and push them into the deep end. It was like, no, no, no. We're just going to keep floating in the shallow end here. It's like, yeah, move it, on. Christ. But I do like moments like when he's showing her the different movements of the devil's swords and when he crosses them and she's holding them and they start to shake and catch fire and then they burst apart on her. She's like, how come you didn't warn me? And he starts laughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They give him some fun personality, which is great there. He does. Yeah. And again, but it's another scene where she's carrying most of that scene. Like, sure. You know. But it's a cool scene. And I like the idea of. The, the monster that they're going out to fight, they can't just go out there and go, okay, we're going to attack them. They have to have a plan. And their plan is to steal the paralyzing venom sack off of one of those spider mm-hmm. creatures who only really come out of the caves at night at if they're going to come out to the open desert. And the yeah. ridiculous plan of using her as bait. <laughs> Which, yes. Next so, time you're bait. Yeah. All right. So the plan is to, like, to dangle her over one of these little... I guess anthills or spider hills or whatever in the middle of the desert to try and entice this thing once it's dark enough and then they'll kill this thing and take its sack. I understand in theory that plan. What I don't get is how they knew only one spider would come up and give them enough time to kill it (laughs) and then get away before the other hundred spiders show up to just devour them entirely. Why does only one come up? That is incredibly convenient. Yeah. No idea. And again, using a concept from Monster Hunter, killing the monster and using things from the monster to enhance your gear, your plan, whatever it may be. Which was really cool. Cool. Cool concept. Should have been more of it, but whatever. Yeah. Right. But then you have the the fight against you know the, the sand creature that they're finally going to defeat. And it's one of the highlights of the film. The two of them fighting the sand Absolutely. dragon. Awesome. So many cool mm-hmm. things happen. She's got her double swords she's trying to fight with. Tony Jay's got his weapon. They've got the crossbow spear thing that's covered in the venom. They shoot it in the eye, and its eye is fizzing mm-hmm. up with that paralyzing stuff. Her still relying on the, not to hurt it, but relying on the overturned Jeep with the Gatling gun just to try and get its attention and distract it. So many cool moments. Yeah. That five-minute yeah. section almost Probably makes the film Should... worth it. <laughs> yeah. It's a really cool whole scene. Yeah. But yeah, the like, whole concept and, of the and then the next five minutes is now go to the next monster. Let's hunt this well, one. And again, <laughs> I'm, not cool it it to be, I'm not expecting it to be nothing but fighting monsters, but I expected four fights like that in the film. Yeah. yeah. Right. Not yeah. one fight like that. And then I, let's face it. They never really do another fight. That's like that, except for the very last one has some cool moments, 
but most of it up until then is yeah weak. But that was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that fight. And I'm trying to remember if it was that fight or the last one, the ridiculous, and I know they're doing it because of the visual flair, but I think it's this fight. You've got Tony J's in trouble, and she still takes the time to like do a Conan the Barbarian swing of her sword before <laughs> plunging it into the, the thing's head. Like, yeah. just stab it. Just stab <laughs> just, yeah, it. Yeah, kill it. <laughs> just stab it. Like, it Stop doesn't know that you're doing a kata. It can't even see you. You're on top of its forehead. Just stab Maybe. it. Maybe she rolled a natural 20. I guess. Oh, it looked possible. cool. We'll never know. It looked cool. It's the just because reason. it's such a time-sensitive moment. It's like, why are you showboating right now? Just just <laughs> stab him. But she takes out that monster with his help, and now Tony J is unconscious or gravely injured mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I really liked the ingenuity of using one of the weapons to like basically saw one of the dragon scales off of this thing. And use that as a makeshift, like carrying sled. case or sled for mm-hmm. Tony J's character, and she starts trekking across the desert. But what killed me? <laughs> so let's follow the chronology of this. They get pulled into this world. They drive for five minutes. They find the overturned jeep. They fight the sand monster. They go to the the caves. They come out to the ship graveyard. They fight. They fight. They fight. After she travels for what seems like three days with him on the sled. They pass by the overturned Jeep with the, the sand that's been burned <laughs> in the glass. Is she yeah, walking yeah. in a goddamn circle? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can't <laughs> deny that that's a possibility considering that she has no idea about the terrain. The person who's going to guide you out of there is the guy who lives there. Like, what does she know? It's a desert. <laughs> but she literally just goes in a circle as far as I could tell. But after days yeah. or woke up one day, turned and went back the way she turned started. around. <laughs> right. Like or just maybe ridiculous. We're really underestimating how heavy Tony Jaw and that scale is. She just wasn't. covering oh, a lot. Of okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of going about two feet every day. Yeah. <laughs> and then you finally have God. something that looks beautiful. The Oasis in yes. the desert. Yeah. Absolutely which is your gorgeous first, looking oasis. Which is your first moment or my first moment. I was like, oh, are they finally going to do Monster Hunter stuff now? Yeah, now they're finally, this looks like Monster it's Hunter finally Monster Hunter now. Right. Yeah. And I mean, by this point, he's woken up and they go in there and you have those herbivore stegosaurus looking creatures that are drinking at the water. And again, small character moments. His character is a dick. Tony J's Hunter character is just a dick. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. go ahead, get some water. And as soon as she walks close enough, some sort of stingray snake thing pops out of the sand to bite her face off. And he let her do this so they could get out close enough that he could chop it in half and make some food for them. He uses her as bait without even telling her and laughs when she calls him out on it. He laughs about it. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a dick. (laughs) Yeah. And again, those moments work. And it's one of those things where it's like, this is working. And so it's not like, remove the language barrier between the two of them. Make them both speak English. This could be fun. You could be right. having a lot more fun. They could be building something towards their relationship, be it romantic or friendship. It doesn't matter. This is a lot of fun. What's going on? Yeah. You know, but instead, they don't do that. No. So we're 75 minutes in and we're at green. <laughs> We're 75 minutes in and we get to see four monsters total at this point. We got one more coming. Who's going to be super exciting. 
And then that fifth one shows up and causes a stampede. We get the legitimate flying in the air, fire breathing dragon, Mm -hmm. which is, I mean, as a, like a big bad for the entire film, it's a pretty impressive monster. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's terrifying. (laughs) And as far as I can tell at that point, he looks unstoppable. (laughs) Yeah. And again, it, it again captures that moment sometimes with Monster Hunter, where again, if you play the game, the monsters are the star of the game. They're, they're the best things. And every time they make an entrance, it's like a highlight of the game. Sure. But you're also in that same feeling of like, holy, how the hell am I supposed to fight that thing? Like, look at the size of it. Because they just seem to get bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> as the game goes on. <laughs> it's amazing. But you have the the stampede happens. And at this point, Ron Perlman and his crew show up to finally help Tony J. Because at this point, Who I forgot was in the movie. Eh? <laughs> yeah, totally and he's, forgot. Ron Perlman's only in the opening for five minutes and then disappears for all of the sandpit adventures. So you kind mm. of forget that he exists. And I like the idea of him showing up and he ignites his fire weapon and he's using that to divert the, the creatures so they don't stampede and trample over Mila Jovovich. But then it immediately turns into her going, oh, thank you. And him going, don't thank me yet, knocking her out and inexplicably takes her as a prisoner for reasons that make no sense. Zero sense. None. Zero sense. They throw her into the brig. The other members of his crew are like mocking her and staring at her. But Tony J just fought with her to fight a sand monster. Would he not speak up and say something like, don't worry, she's cool. She's with me. Like anything? Something. Again, nothing and makes what sense. makes even less sense, she figures out how to break out of the cell and nobody reacts poorly to that. She was yeah. a threat to them <laughs> until she breaks out of I the know. cell and they're like, oh, you broke out? Cool. Like, is this their initiation? Is this how you become part of the crew? You have to like break. I, I, it doesn't make sense. It's it infuriating. Well, it, it, it makes even less sense when you find out that Ron Perlman speaks her language. And yeah, why. right. He speaks English. <laughs> it's, uh, I was so mad. I was so mad. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Just, it's the stupidest thing. And then as a stupid fan nod, that cat. Yes. The cat chef. They make yeah. up for it right with the, the cat right chef. Out of the game. Because yeah. there is no explanation for that. You have a human-sized nope. cat standing on its hind legs with full dexterity of his hands, chopping up food, being all surly, staring all mean at her, but with exquisite chef skills. They never explain it, and I don't care. That's like that's what I wanted. Because that's the world. You've right. they, they, that's they cool. started the movie that's with you, you the in this fantasy world. So I'm in. Just you can introduce the other crazy stuff. Any of that crap. And I just go, okay. So yeah. cats are bipeds it's- that are seven feet tall and can cook really good. All right. That's a feature of the game. When that you is a feature of the game. Before you, before you go on a quest, you go to the you go to the cat. You go to the cat. You eat a meal to, to to buff your stats, and it's it looks exactly like that. It's awesome. Yeah. So that kind of stuff I really enjoyed. I thought that was fantastic. And yeah. of course, Perlman. Now that he's back, he's great. I mean, he knows he's slumming it. You can tell. Like yes. he knows what this film, oh, not yeah. what this film intended to be. He knows what this film is, and is. he's yeah. He's down for it. Screw it. Yeah. He read the script and he was like, oh, you're going to spend 70 minutes on a rock? That's stupid. I'm in. <laughs> but he looks I'll like an old, check. washed up version of Cloud Strife, <laughs> <He> <laughs> which does. is kind of great. He does. Yeah. 
Cloud on hard times. And then they have they have this plan to storm the so okay. I don't understand any of this because I don't understand the world of Monster Hunter. I'm hoping you can illuminate yeah. me on this one, Mark. You have a tower no. off in the distance at the beginning of the film <laughs> yeah. that they're riding towards, and now they're still riding towards yeah. it. But there's some dudes that are stopping them from getting into it and mind controlling monsters to stop them. Is any of that? No. <laughs> so I played <laughs> Monster Monster Hunter World's story for what it is. It's about monsters, and it's about the fact that like there's certain almost like primal monsters that are a threat, and okay. they're trying to stop some of those more primal threats. But it's the monsters are forces of nature that are just things that are happening and that people have to deal with. It's not, it's not like a, oh, uh, someone's creating a gateway into multiple worlds. And it's like, no, that's not a thing. Like, I don't, maybe it is one of the other games. I don't think it is. I don't know what this came is. across like a, like Sauron in his tower or uh, something, right? The games are simple. You hunt monsters, you kill monsters repeatedly to make cooler gear and then you kill the next bigger monster in a progressive series of monster killings that are fun dynamic fights super cool and the generic reason at least from my experience is because these monsters are bad motherfuckers don't show up all the time but when they do they're terrifying you gotta put them down sure. And I get you need a plot for the story, but the plot could be as simple as the gigantic dragon thing that's this rare threat shows up and now your village is in trouble. That's all yeah. they needed. But like, so in the game, I, th I believe the way it's kind of done is that like when some of these monsters show up, it kind of rouses, moves around or wakes up some of the other monsters who got to okay. clear out of its territory. You know, so that's kind of the way it works. It's like, oh, this guy's around again. Ooh, if he's around, that means this guy's around. Oh God, he is around. And like, that's kind of the way it works. Like. Whereas this seemed like I, it really does seem like they're fishing for sequels and especially the ending, which we'll get to, but wow. it really seems yeah. like not just they were fishing for a sequel. They were banking on one super yeah. hard yes. to a point where yeah. this story ends unfinished, Yeah, which yep. is a sin you should never commit with a film or a game. Finish yeah. your dance. If you're part one of your story, have a complete mm -hmm. enough story that you can walk away. Part two of a story don't gets the courtesy of allowing it some kind of cliffhanger. You don't get to do that mm -hmm. with part one. You haven't earned that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, this movie. <laughs> this movie. But then you have, she gets back to the real world or our real world earth and the dragon yeah. makes it through. And now we got to fight the dragon in our world. Which you shouldn't stand a chance. Nope. Because right. our weapons don't work on the thing. Yep. Stupid. But you have that fight and then it just kind of ends. And uh, did you guys watch through the credits? No. No. Okay. I don't so think I did. I think I had enough. If you stopped right away, I'll tell you now, you actually missed something. So after oh. it plays the credits for a little bit, it has a mid credit sequence where Mila Jovovich, Tony J, and Ron Perlman, because I refuse to learn their character names in this because what does it matter? They oh, barely she have becomes a, She decides to stay, right? Right. She decides to stay. Oh, I did watch and that. It's the three of them running at whatever kind of horrible monster is yeah, coming. Yeah. And it's that side yeah. shot, like something out of the Avengers. And then it just yeah, ends yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. So you went yeah. from an unfinished ending that's unresolved to, oh, and here's a tease that's also unfinished and unresolved. And this movie's yes. not getting a sequel. I no. don't see that happening. If it does, it's going to get like 
a really bad low budget version of yeah, it. Yeah. Like I just what made me so absolutely infuriated about that teaser was Tony Ja was using a weapon there where he launches himself in the air. It's like the spear. That weapon would have been he should have been his weapon the whole movie because yep. it's the most acrobatic flipping like that. That weapon in the game, you barely land on the ground. You're always bouncing, flying, spinning off of things with that weapon. That would have been cool. Which would have been actually a really good use of him as a stunt performer <laughs> doing his thing. And a really useful weapon against a sand creature <laughs> where you don't <laughs> want to be on the ground. Weapon. It seems I like the right weapon monster. to bring. <laughs> it is. I fought that monster with that weapon. It's a ton of fun. So... Tony J's character brought the wrong equipment to the fight is basically what you're telling us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had that on him the whole time. What the hell? Oh, I, don't get me wrong. Like, the fight with the army in the real world against the dragon looks amazing because yeah. they're useless sure. against the it. Good. It's just, I don't need them to be in this world at all. No, no Earth should not be a part of no. this at all. And it's one thing to go, I don't want them to hold my hand for the story, but if you're going to introduce weird elements like creepy sorcerer dudes on top of a tower that are mind controlling the monsters at least have us meet one of them you don't actually meet those dudes you see them no. in silhouette no. i think they say like one line to each other like it's just half baked unresolved just <sighs> is the best yeah. way i can describe yeah. this film and yeah you can and see if they just scaled it back and did something a little bit simpler it could be a fun visceral experience but that's and that was my point from the beginning when they get it right the things they do well when they commit to bringing you into the monster hunter world even if they don't do it 100 percent, they do that so well that you're sitting there with all these other moments being like what just happened like i yeah i just yeah. got to the opening of the movie great 35 minutes of crap you know what i mean and then it's like oh they fight this big monster great then crap then oh my god look it's monster hunter world nothing really happens then they have a big fight, but then yep. crap. It's just like, what is happening? Like this is, yeah. this movie doesn't know what it wants to be or do. It seems like it's caught between this concept of, well, the threat has to be to our world. Why can't it, to Wayne's point, just bring us into their world. You fix this movie 100% by having Tony Ja, if you keep him in the movie, Emilia Jovovich, just be two people who get stranded, separated from their ship, and they decide to hunt that monster down. And in order to take it down, they need to hunt other monsters to build up their gear yeah. to go fight him. That would have been, been awesome. The equivalent would have been, awesome. been if Luke Skywalker was an actual like corn farmer on Earth and <laughs> somehow a portal sent him to Star Wars. So, to Star Wars, exactly. We, we needed him for the audience to be led through to this journey. And then accidentally exactly. the Death Star comes through the portal and is ready to shoot Earth. That, that's the equivalent. It's just yeah. neat. That's pretty you started the movie. You started yeah. the movie in their world. You've sold me now. This yeah. is the world. These are the rules. Let me enjoy it now. You take me out when mm -hmm. you bring Earth back into it. And the rules actually start to get really hard because then she starts doing things that you question like, well, can she really do that? Because well, she's actually human and they haven't stated whether her abilities increase by being in this world or anything. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the other fundamental things that you kind of just take for granted in Monster Hunter World. Like a monster hits you, a monster the size of a building hits you and you just kind of roll and get up. <laughs> bullets bounce off. I just assume. Roly poly. I just, bullets bounce off of it. 
I'm just assuming that the people of that world are not human. Yeah. They, they, they have some they super strength and toughness. <laughs> yeah. If your dog hit butts you hard enough, you're in pain. They're getting kicked by 70 foot dragons. Like it's yeah. come on. So she's from our world. If that dragon so much as like breathes heavy on her, she should split in half. <laughs> the All I know is the biggest thing I took away from this film and it's calling back to the film we just watched. The biggest thing I could take away from this is I wish I could take Mila Jovovich and Tony J and cast them as Sonya Blade and Liu Kang because they would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they would. And it would have given them a chance to actually do something that they could actually contribute to. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. So that's, that's the biggest positive I could take from this is, man, if only I could have pulled them out and put them into a different movie. <laughs> and Ron Perlman could have been Raiden. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. If Christopher Lambert can do it, Ron Perlman can do it. Genuinely, genuinely my positives are the fact that, like, they do enough fan service nods. They almost get it, certain things right. They get the monsters right. They nail the monsters. Monsters look amazing. And Mila Jovovich is wasted. And so is Tony Ja, because you know what? Their chemistry is good. She's carrying a lot of this movie with no help. Uh, I shouldn't say no help, but just like, a one-sided conversation is constantly happening on screen. Yeah. And that's a long time to have a one-sided. Like, you couldn't have had him pick up English real quick. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, especially since Ron Perlman's character knows English. What, he didn't teach it to anybody else? Didn't seem like a skill yeah. set that might be useful? Yeah. Anyway. God. Beautiful my, production design, anyway. but goddamn this movie. Yeah. And, and final, my last message for this is it's actually to... Hollywood, and I know you're listening because <laughs> one of our four see our numbers are going up. We see our numbers are going We're up. Big. But Hollywood, Hollywood, <laughs> trust in your audience. Drop this stigma of video game adaptations being bad. When you're gonna make a movie based on a video game, use the source material. Find fans to review the script. <laughs> Yeah, and let them determine. Yeah. Hey, well, where are you're nowhere near what this is. People are not going to like this. Stop trying to appease the the people who don't understand the world and focus on those who, who want to see oh. this movie. The video game industry, we've said it before, is brings in more money now than both the music and the the film industry combined. Yeah. So when you say the Monster Hunter has a huge following, that should be big enough to just be true to the film and let those people come. And, and have a great time. And unfortunately, I did not have a good they figured time. figured it out for comic books. They need to figure honestly, it out for games. That's, that's what I was going to say, is that there was a long time where they didn't know how to make a comic book movie. They figured yeah. that out. Get on board with video games. It's the same formula. Us, it's just stick to the hard. source. Stick hard. to the source material. Yeah. yeah. If the yeah. if the video game proves successful, its original material probably is what the audience wants to see. Exactly. Just stay true to the spirit of that. Yeah. But we'll draw this shot. to a close. I wish I could recommend this. I really wish I could. I can't. I, I wouldn't recommend it. No. I can't. I want no. to but like it. I can recommend <laughs> I can't. go on YouTube so and watch the clips of the fights. Specifically the monster oh. fights. They're the only good parts. Yeah. Or just go play the game. Also that. Play the game. Yes, just play better. the game. The game's fantastic. But we'll bring this one to a close. And when we come back, we will be doing a devilishly drawn double bill of animation we will be watching dante's inferno the animated adaptation followed by bayonetta bloody fate two animated adaptations of video games that are 
extremely over the top in their own way. Let's see if the films can carry on that trend and have just the right amount of excess to draw us in. We thank you again for listening to Press X Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me, as always, were Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanis. Gentlemen, thanks for having us. It was fun. The movie wasn't. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athanas, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next stage.